Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got a great uh, treat for you. So on Disney Plus at the moment, on their new channel, Star, they've added probably the best series known to man, which is 24. And we've got our guest, which is James Morrison, a.k.a. Bill Buchanan, the best CTU director out there. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Nice to see you. You too, my friend. And how is everything where you are? Because the U.S. has had, well, a, a difficult time, uh, but things look very rosy, and uh, things look like they're on the up. Yes, yes, rosy is a good way to put it. <laughs> I feel like they, they look rosy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you, know, you, you know what? With the pandemic and, and everything, and obviously the elections, I think that the whole world, including the UK, we're definitely starting to now move in the right direction. I think that think there's a lot of uh, relieved people in the US uh, now going forwards. Obviously, we don't really talk about politics uh, on the show because, one, it goes straight over my head. Um, but for me, seeing a person and how they are, um, I think the right person... Um, is in the office. So uh, congratulations to everyone out there that are are Biden supporters. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of, thank uh, you. you know what, I do not care if I'm, you know, ruffling feathers for all the Trump fans. Um, but I judge someone, you know, on their impression that they give out. And Biden just seems a really nice guy. And he seems to know which direction to take the US in. And, uh, it looks like a very rosy one. Obviously, it's going to be a slow, slow slog, but I'm sure it will get better soon. Um, so how is you know, everything? I don't, I don't know about that. I, we're, we're, it's happening pretty quickly. I mean, in the last, mm -hmm. you know, six, what is it, 60 days or something, uh, yeah. great strides have been taken to, to uh, you know, change things up. So, yeah, in, in, in lieu of uh, getting political and, uh, like you say, ruffling feathers, which I don't mind doing. But uh, I'm a guest in your in your house, so um, you are well, my yeah, guest. You can say whatever you like. You can say whatever you like, you, James. Um, because um, I love that comment um, on Instagram or Twitter. I can't remember which platform it was on. Something about bunkers. The fact that Biden's never seen the bunker. Um, and oh yeah. Barack Obama has never seen seen the bunker as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a kind of a genius bit of trolling in in the, in in such a different way than that we've uh, gotten used to. Uh, well, I, I mean, I never really got used to it. It was just uh, it's night and day, man. It's just the difference between someone who is kind, actually, mm. and someone yeah. who isn't. I mean, I think I'd like, if we distill it down to that, I think we're more accurate than if we go into great detail and examine the, the the pathology of what happened in the last four years but i think it's just the difference between kindness and and unkindness definitely def definitely and yeah. and do you think the impact of everything that's gone on in in the u.s 
do you think that that's going to take a massive toll on the the arts because i know that a lot of theatres in the uk are starting to you know reopen very very soon i think it's something like may the 18th when theatres can reopen again i mean is there any news on the us in 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 getting the arts back back to the people no nothing that i've heard um uh we're not uh well that's great news for you Mm -hmm. guys over there i'm happy to hear that because it's not just on Broadway, but I mean, it's put it's put millions of people out of work uh, in mm. the in the uh, in the arts, mm. um, and it's uh, it's not just and it's not just you know people uh, on stage or in in front of the camera. It's it's the the uh, residual effect you know has its tentacles you know everywhere. Mm. Um, crafts people everywhere so yeah I'm very happy to hear that for you guys I haven't heard that about our <coughs> industry at all well, well we'll see if it happens because people have got to behave and and, and follow you know the lockdown procedures which uh, you know the other day you know 60 people or something was caught in one house celebrating a baby's first birthday when we're on complete lockdown so it just shows mm-hmm. that people aren't getting it but you know again as you said you know a lot a lot of people are out of work so we need to be following this lockdown and get this you know the theatres back going get the shows back filming i know that a lot of people are going back now uh definitely like snowpiercer and and the flash and 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 series like like, like that are a recording now which which, which is mm-hmm, good news mm-hmm. um so how i just everything... spent a week in new york with uh with my friends at uh, law and order svu so that was uh awesome and that's the first time I, i'd worked since we since last march and i was there doing it it was the last job i had and um, how was and how was every, everything with the precautions you know with the masks and um like i always say did you have any tom cruise mo- mo- moments on set was everything all very? Oh good? no, no, no! Every, well everyone, everything was uh, was under control, and uh, and they had the, they had the uh, the protocols down. We were tested every day, and um, I was te- I was in uh, quarantine for three days, including the flight day, and then tested before I started working. And and uh, the, the the hardest part is is uh, remembering to put your mask back on mm. after the the director calls cut. You know, you have to be reminded of that. And then a couple of, a couple of times, one of the actors walked into the scene uh, having forgotten to take the, their mask off. So that's always <laughs> interesting. You know what? I was speaking, speaking to another actor a couple of weeks ago, and he said that when he's filming scenes and he can take his mask off, it feels slightly strange, slightly dangerous, because, you know, you're not used to being around people now with, with without your mask on. Uh, so it must oh, be it was a, it, was a, it was a strange, it was a strange feeling. It was a feeling of intimacy, actually, that I hadn't experienced in a long, long time, being with a room full of people. And, and uh, um, you know, the, the funny thing is, it reminded me of speaking of Twenty Four. Uh, we did a scene, I think it was season six, when when Jack comes back from China and he's on the big the big uh, cargo plane that we know. And uh, I'm standing there with Roger Cross and we're waiting for the plane to taxi into position. And, and it's, I mean, it's, those things are gigantic and their engines blow stuff, you know, everywhere for miles. So we turned around and looked at the, 
at the crew. And, uh, you know, it's a hundred, I don't know how many people, 75 to a hundred people standing there watching us <laughs> and everybody's got their masks on or got gas masks and we're standing out there, uh, with nothing. And I, and I just turned to her and said, this is, <laughs> this is really interesting, isn't it? <laughs> we were a little taken aback by that. And, and yeah, I guess because we're going to be there so briefly that they don't, they don't think, you know, we need <laughs> protection. But, but do you know what? I think I think on on a positive, I think that once this is all over and we can not have to wear masks, masks, I think that we're gonna, I think appreciate that connection with people. I think we're gonna appreciate having people pe- people around. You know, I think that's gonna come back, and I think that the the humidity of of it all, and I think we're gonna appreciate it a lot more. I know that I can't wait to hug my dad and my mom. Um I haven't for the last year. Um so I just mm-hmm. cannot wait. I really can't. But you know what? Let's talk about yeah. your beginning in the world of entertainment because I was reading somewhere that one of your first jobs you was a clown and wire walker. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct. And people would I don't know laugh and go, really? But I know how hard it is to juggle. I know how hard it is to juggle knives, unicycle. I wouldn't even try wire walking. How did that come about for you? And, and, and what, what, what got you into that? Because that's completely polar opposites to Bill Buchanan, you know? It sort of is. But, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I, uh, when I read for Jose Quintero, uh, it was a, a, an American director from the 50s and 60s, and he direct, he's known for mostly Eugene O'Neill's work. He's considered to, to be the father of the off-Broadway uh, movement mm. uh, because the first plays he did were, were actually that sort of a off-Broadway thing, and, they, and it became what it is today. But uh, I auditioned for him for a, a, The Brick in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof in 1983, and I ended up getting the part, but the reason that I did we were I had auditioned for him with him actually he read the part of Maggie in my audition so and then he invited me to his house for dinner and he said so tell me uh, a, a little about yourself uh, and I said well I grew up in Alaska um, and I and I was a little nervous and so I just sort of you know you how your brain jumps around from event yeah. to event when somebody says tell me about yourself and I said I was raised in Alaska and I uh, I was a circus clown and there was a pause and he, his eyes got really big and he went, oh, wait, I want you to do the part. <laughs> and based on my having said that, it, 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 it clicked, something clicked, speaking of brick, because uh, he's looking for the click, something clicked in Jose's mind and he said, okay, this is the guy I want. So. I don't know uh, if that answers your question, but but I and, and and people you know don't often think of me as a a comic uh, actor, but but I was for a minute. And and <laughs> interestingly, my wife and I were surfing Netflix the other day, and uh, I saw uh, the practice came up in uh, a private practice mm. came up in comedies in the comedy section. And I, you know, I had done like eight episodes of that, and I was, and I said, "Wow, that's interesting." I, I never really thought of that show as a comedy. It wasn't a comedy when I was on it. And she said, "Well, 
you know, that's what you do to things. <laughs> <laughs> you put your special little touch, James. But but then then fast fast forward and you know, we've got a, a TV series that has had nine seasons and is being adored worldwide. And you start starting four of those seasons as Bill Bill Buchanan, the CTU director. Um, you know, first of all, how did you get the role? Uh, because it's such an awesome role. And I think throughout those seasons, your character and your character arc, your story arc, just gets better and better and better. Um, so mm-hmm. how did you get the actual role of Bill Buchanan? I mean, I, I, I heard through the grapevine that you actually never saw the show. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, no. I And, and, and you know, to start with, I must say that they really did right by me on that show. And I, I, I'm eternally grateful to them because it, I came out of nowhere and and my character came out of nowhere and, and they really ended up seeing that there was a, uh, a chemistry there, uh, a, a weird uh, chemistry between me and, uh, and, and the, and the show itself. I think that's what they saw. And, it, and I'm, I'm grateful to that. Um, I hadn't seen the show before I auditioned and I watched an episode where uh, Jack Bauer kills some guy just point blank in the head. And he was, a uh, he was an ally. I mean, he was, and he did it because he had to, you know, and I just went, wow, this show will do any, they'll do anything. I think the episode that you're and talking that about is the Ryan Chappelle, which he had to kill. Chappelle, yes, that's right. And, yeah. And it just blew my mind because it was so brash and, and, uh, and, and horrific really. I mean, and, and this character, there wasn't a character like that on TV. Uh, and, uh, at the time that I remember, mm-hmm. just somebody who would do whatever it it took, you know. And and interestingly too, um, this, this is a kind of a, and I won't go off on on a tangent, I promise. But so, you know, pe- people. Uh, in fact, I just saw this criticism leveled at the show the other day. How it was a far right wing, you know, wet drain fantasy thing. And man, it just wasn't. It was a, it was a drama that uh, that that raised the stakes. Which is the job of the of the uh, storyteller to a point that, like like comedians. I mean, they push the envelope. You know, mm. uh, you have to you have to go too far and then know how far you've gone and and that's what the show kept doing. They they'd go too far and then pull it way way back and say, hey, we went too far. Even the people in the show went said, even the characters <laughs> yeah. said, my God, man, you, you've gone too far. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't like they. And, and nobody advocated this kind of behavior to the to the actual government except for the right wingers. I mean, you know, I remember Dick Cheney saying something to the along the lines of, you know, we need to be more like Jack Bauer. And you go, no, actually, <laughs> you, you, you don't. And so if there's a moral equivalent, it's actually showing what, you know, happens and then saying, so don't do this. This is wrong. And and as a as a matter of fact, that's how my my character's demise how how he met his demise demise is because he he refused to do what uh, everyone was saying. Or, well, the the the, uh, the protagonist of the series mm. was saying, you know, this needs to be done. And Buchanan said no. And so as a result, you know, he had to atone for his sins. And right, yeah, yeah. I mean, history. What did 
What did the audition look that like? That didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. I got. I it, no, go it's okay. It's okay. Literally, I could listen to you for hours. It's awesome. Um, I mean, what did the audition look like? I mean, uh, anyone auditioning for 24? Oh, yes. We were I talking mean, about the audition, yeah. Mm, I mean, what what did you have to do? Can you, can, can you remember? Because it's quite a No, no, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything extraordinary. I mean, it was just that uh, they called me in and I said, no, I can't go. I'm going to Hawaii with my family. And I, I got these tickets that were frequent flyer miles, and we need a vacation from, I don't know, from from not working. <laughs> I, I hadn't been working. But, you know, you do, you need to get out uh, after, because you do work. I mean, as we'll, t- we'll discuss when we talk about showing up, mm. that's that's the job. Is, you know, you audition, you audition, you audition, and you do six or seven of those in two weeks, and, and you don't get them. And pretty soon you go, man, I'm I'm worn out. So we needed a vacation. And I said, no, I can't go Thursday. We're leaving tomorrow. And my manager said, uh, called me back and said, I've got, uh, I I just booked you another flight. Send your family without you. You're staying to do this thing. And wisely, I I listened to him. And uh, and, uh, it's it's kind of a long involved story. But in a nutshell, the, the show wanted me for the part, but I was already on a show on Fox as a recurring character. Mm. So the network said, no, we can't have, we can't, you can't use him. He's already doing something. And my manager went the extra mile and and convinced uh, them to, to make me look different basically. And that's what they all agreed to. So that's why when I came in, in season four, I had black hair and, and uh, because in the other show, I just had to, you know, my, so they did make me look different. In fact, they initially made me a beard like this with a, you know, mm. a goatee and a mustache and, a, and, a, and a, to, to wear in the show. And I just, you know, everybody just said, no, he can't. He can't. <laughs> and imagine that, you know, you went to Hawaii and you didn't get that role. It's just crazy that you could have missed out. Is he still your agent or or is he long gone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's still my manager. Mitch Clem, and uh, and I'll I'll never leave him, just oh, because of that. Nice. He's the nicest guy in show business too. That has a lot to do with it. But <laughs> um, uh, the other thing is, I went. We went for Christmas actually, but the Christmas break, so we had the two weeks to wait to hear, and that's when all that sort of drama went down with the, the casting and the network and stuff. And and uh, when I got back, and it was, but the audition itself was just uh, me and a, and. You know, every other actor my age that you always see at the, at the auditions and you get to know them. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Hey, good luck, you know, when you leave. Mm-hmm. And it was just a little teeny scene. It was like, as I remember, it was three or four lines. It wasn't that much. They, they just wanted to, I don't know what they were looking for. And I don't, I don't know if they did. They just knew it when they saw it. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad they did. So you get the phone call to say that you've got the part of uh, Bill Buchanan. How do you prepare for a role like that? I mean, what did you do to prepare uh, to be, you know, a CTO? I watched as much of the show as I could. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Up, up to that point, you know, because I wanted to. In fact, I think I like everybody else then, you know, I, I, I binged it, you know, I mean, as much as we could back then. They didn't, have, you know, have the the access to the to streaming like we do now. But, uh, but I think I got... Uh, the dvds and and watched them all you know as much as much as i could just to get a feeling of the of the show and and uh but you know it was easy really because 
you're completely in the moment. It's in real time. So the moment is the most important thing. There's nothing, there's a, a little bit of a backstory. And I had a relationship with M- Michelle that, that I had to flesh out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they, and they didn't tell me much. They didn't volunteer much. I just stepped into it like a, like a, like I was jumping aboard a train that was already moving and they wouldn't slow down for me. And I had to, I had to, you know, it's literally that that so. is such a good good way of putting it is that you know that fast train and you had to just jump on and just uh, because mm-hmm. the show was just full on and to binge watch it I think is the best way to watch it uh, because you always finish an episode and you think oh come on I've got to play play the next ne- next one so that's the great thing about yeah. it being on Star Channel now and Dis- Disney Plus um, so mm-hmm. you get, get get obviously you get the part and the norm according to Xander Berkeley that's been on the show as well, is that you you tend to only get signed on for a couple of episodes because you can get cut at any time. I mean, was that the case for you when you you know, you yeah, joined yeah. the cast? Was you contracted to just, just a few episodes or was it for the for the whole season? Well they they they, they signed you for two at a time because they they filmed two episodes at a, uh, simultaneously. So you would, uh, we would do a, which was unique to to my experience, and I don't think, I think to everyone's experience, I've never heard before or since of a show doing that. Maybe they do now, but but they they were groundbreaking in a lot of areas uh, mm. in their execution, the way they shot, the way they edited, the the, the music was phenomenal. Uh, to to take a scene of a guy pushing a. a a, a, a gurney down the hallway with a a patient on it, and have this this the Sean ca- uh, Callery Callery. Yeah, I'm just I'm remembering sure. that off the top of my head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the amazing music driving the the thing and the and the editing with the boxes. But mm. um, I'm sorry, I lost track of your question. No, this fact the fact that you only get oh, signed oh, two, on for a couple episodes. of episodes. Yeah. Two episodes, two episodes at a time. Yes, and so you're you're always, you know, you get the script for the next episode, and you sort of thumb through it just just to go, oh, am I still alive at the end? You know, <laughs> that was what it was like for about the first ten that I did, and then uh, in between the fourth and the fifth, they they offered me the season, so I knew that I would last um, unless something went horribly wrong um, through the next season. But uh, yeah, for the first ten, I was uh, I was episode to episode, sure. And throughout all those uh, days or seasons, as people call call them, you have so many awesome scenes. You really, really do. I mean, what's your own personal favourite? You know, your pa- fa- favourite storyline or scene that you had to film that you walked away from thinking, "Wow, I really enjoyed that." I really enjoyed uh, working with Sean Astin on on his little uh, guest uh, uh, arc that he did. Uh, we had some great stuff together and. Um, in terms of uh, him coming in and, and uh, my, you know, the, the power uh, dynamic, they love to play with that. They did the same thing with, uh, and, and uh, with uh, Karen uh, when she came in and, and, and then we of course became uh, husband and wife, uh, which yeah. was a nice, nice thing, but it, but it, but it began out of a power struggle just like mine did when I came aboard and, uh, and the, they, they had just brought Michelle and, and uh, Tony back in, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, they had that that sort of uh, the relationships going on, and I, I never, my character never really got involved in that until 
uh, as I said with uh, Karen, but she was in DC and I was in LA, so it was always on the phone. You now we were having um, a phone yeah. marriage, you know. Yeah, them long distance relationships never work. <laughs> but, it did, um, and, it, and it didn't, as it turned out. But we see you in season or oh, day seven, um, you know, come to the end of your time on 24. Um, mm-hmm. What an awesome scene it really, really is. I mean, how far ahead did you realise that that was going to be the end for Bill Buchanan? Because before, actually, uh, no, actually, I just wanted to say the scene where you're on the telephone and Bauer rings through because Tony's given the code and everything like that. And the moment that you take your, your hand away from the phone and you say to Bauer, it's... You know, it's Bill. Um, what what was oh, that oh, like? My, my, my voice was being yeah. uh, distorted. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean um, that scene was awesome. At the beginning of season seven, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I'm I mean, remembering, yeah. Um, you know, that was all. That was all just sort of revealed. I, I wasn't involved in the. In fact, I purposely stayed away from pitching any ideas or talking to them about stuff because I didn't want to. Um, you know, that was, that was their thing. And also I didn't have that kind of relationship with them. I mean, I, and I, you know, I, I, I dearly love Howard Gordon and I, and I respect him greatly, but I just didn't have that kind of uh, sit down and talk to him about stuff, uh, relationship in that way. And I purposely avoided it because I didn't want to, I didn't want to cross a certain line. But uh, for instance, I didn't, I didn't have the same relationship there that I did with say Glenn Morgan. Mm. Uh, we became great friends and we could talk about character stuff and and he would say oh uh yes he would incorporate my personal life into the storyline and stuff and uh um but i knew that uh, you know 24 and those guys were writing a different sort of formula Mm. and they had to have it figured out uh the the storyline uh, as, you know, I mean, see, I and, and and to this day, I mean, I don't even know how they worked. I just didn't get in, uh, <laughs> involved w- with them in their process like I have, say, with Glenn. Uh, it was a yeah. different relationship. I mean, I mean, we see um, you uh, towards the middle of se- se- season seven, and that scene where you sacrifice yourself, which I think is awesome, <laughs> which was unexpected. Yeah. Literally, you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then all of a sudden it dawned on you, you know, what's happened, you know, you sacrifice yourself. How far ahead did you find out that that was going to happen? Uh, did you start, did you know when you started season seven? No, no, no. I knew, um, I knew that, of course, every, every, like I said, every day you look at the script and go, oh, am I dead or alive? I mean, I, really? I knew it could happen any time. Yeah. I mean, that's just sort of the, that was the, uh, that was the given, you know, that there, you, you were a planet that revolved around this sun. And at any moment, you know, this alien force could come and blow you out of the sky and, and you <laughs> and sort of take that for granted. You know, you're yeah. like the, the, the warrior that goes into war going, well, I'm already dead, so there's nothing to be afraid yeah. of. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the way you had to approach it. But he, uh, Gore, uh, Howard, speaking of Howard Gordon, called me, um, before we started filming that episode, I think, or maybe, maybe it was, uh, two episodes before it or one episode before. Anyway, he called me and said, listen, this is, this is the call that I hate to make. And I said, you know, I hate to 
have I hate I hate you to make it because I knew what was coming. Um, and uh, and he said, but you know, we'll we'll make we'll make it a good one. And and that was the actually the only time I actually did pitch something. I said, if you can if you can make it a, have, be about the torture issue, have it tied into that torture issue, because mm. we've already gone there. I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but I'm just going to sort of plant that seed. And he said, yeah, great, okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll put that into the mix. Into and what that a way to process. go out! And sure enough, you know they yeah. they did, yeah. So I, you know, the character uh, got to go heroically, uh, which was nice because he deserved that. And what and what was what what was it like to film that that that, that scene? So, so I presume you're not the one in the fireball, um, but what 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 was it like to film? And what and what did it feel like after you filmed? Because that must 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 have been quite sombering, to be fair, because that's the end for you on the show. Yeah, it was a, it was an emotional day, and uh, as I remember, I took my boy to the set uh, for the first time. I think for that, and and uh, how old was he at the time? He was seven, maybe. Mm. Wow! And um, it was an emotional day because uh, you know you're, you're uh, man. I spent a lot of time with those people and became really close with some of them. I, I would, I mean, I you know, I went on vacation with some of the crew uh you never do that when you're working in fact if anything you go on vacation to get away from the people you work with yeah yeah that's true. so we were close and, and it was a fitting uh and and beautiful uh beautiful day and, and they were they were uh hugs and tears and you know oh bless and he was honored and you was honored with a silent clock at the end uh, which I, I got think, the silent clock, yeah. The silent clock, which is awesome. Uh, did you manage to keep any mementos from from the show, from your time on Twenty Four? Well, let's see. I mean, I still have a robe that I that I got when I was there. You know, that, you know, you always get stuff from the network at Christmas, and I think <laughs> I still have one of the, the, the. I mean, yeah, I have little things that are, but but. Uh, you know, mostly I have the memory of uh, working with an amazing crew and cast, and and uh, uh, I mean that's just stuff that you, you know, as an as a freelance actor, mm. to to be able to uh, to have that kind of steady employment for that long. I mean that's a very that's a beautiful and rare treat, mm. and uh, I think that's the thing that sticks with me the most, and and. Uh, and I did learn a lot too. I mean, I learned a lot about the the craft of filmmaking. Mm. In fact, you know, we were so we we, we shot uh, in in such a unique way because of the combination of because of the way they, they, the the directors worked, the way the crew ended up working together, and the DP and everything. Um, that I would go to other shows afterwards, and and you know, it would be hard for me to to not say, you know. When we were on, the way we did it on 24, <laughs> you know, you can't say that because. Yeah, oh, be no. Foolish. So 20, uh, 24 is like your yeah. band camp. It's, it's like when, yeah. <laughs> band camp, you know. Yeah. It, it was hard to, to keep from saying that stuff, but it was, uh, yeah, no, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So I own a few pieces from 24, which I've bought it over, over the time. I've got Jack Bauer's um, shirt and jeans from day five. So screen worn. Oh, wow. Uh, 
which uh, unfortunately they're in a hanger in my wardrobe, believe it or not. I haven't even got, had time to display them. And then um, I've got a nice. The, did you get the the magic bag? He had a magic bag that he carried around. Remember that that, no. that shoulder bag with the yeah. That thing had uh, who knows what that thing had in it. It was like a. Uh, it was like one of those things where you could reach your arm all the way in and pull out an elephant, you know. That a Mary you Poppins one, bag. You know. Yeah, Mary Poppins. A Mary Poppins bag. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. <laughs> no, I've never seen one of those for sale because the sponsors of the show, Prop Store, they sell um, everything from movies and TV shows and uh they have got mm-hmm. a few a few pieces, and I'm yet to find something from Bill Buchanan's wardrobe, um, but I'll keep on searching. <laughs> I mean, I only what did I wear? I wore the same suit, uh, all you know, and yeah. same tie. I mean, yeah, except for the last season, I guess. I mean, I presume yeah. they had the same version of suit, but like quite a few of them because I can't imagine. I think they had, the same they had a couple. Yeah, yeah. In, case, in case I spilled coffee on my. You know, like yeah. <laughs> spaghetti sauce or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've got a few uh, fan questions about 24. Um, we've got Lisa Coburn James. Um, it says here, if Bill was to have appeared in an earlier or later seasons, which day would he have liked to have been in? And what would it have the would it have been the storyline or the characters from that season? So what basically, what day would you have liked to have appeared in that you hadn't? Uh, you know, I was just thinking about this, actually. Um, and I don't know why I rehashed the past. I'm trying to get over it. But I but I but sometimes I think how how nice it would have been if, if I hadn't gotten the, the silent clock, if Bill hadn't if he'd just been taken out of commission, you know, mm. and never shown up again. So you never know when he's going to reappear, reappear and then have him come back as the, as the guy, I think it was like a, maybe it was season eight. There's a guy uh, with long hair and uh, he's an arms dealer of some kind. And mm. Bill could have been that guy with a you know scar on his face mm. from being blown up and, yeah, and uh, how cool yeah. it would have been to if his life had been just been destroyed by this blast and lost everything, <laughs> and, and now he's he's dealing in arms. You know, I thought that would have been a cool thing, but I didn't. You know, it didn't even occur to me to pitch the idea that wait a minute, do you have to kill me? Could you just maybe blow one of my arms off, or you know, have me come back later, a couple of seasons later, when you don't yeah. expect it? But it it just didn't occur to me. I just thought, well, okay, that was it. That's it. Adios. You know, thank you. But any, but anything could happen in twenty four. It really can. Yeah, you know, yeah, the amount of right. twists and, and the turns. Um, I mean, again, Tony was presumed dead, and look what happened to Tony. He came back, and uh, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we've got another quest question here. Um, Deb Louise Vandersmith. What a name. Uh, love that guy. Mm-hmm. How did he like working with Kiefer? That's my question. And it is, it, I mean, I've met Keith, Kiefer twice now um, while mm-hmm. uh, go, going to his concerts in the U, U, UK with his band. And he seems very, very nice. And I mean, mm-hmm. what was your impression of Kiefer? Because I know Freddie Prince Jr. came out in the press um, slate, slating the man, saying he, he was very unprofessional. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't was, know uh, if that, two that was... people just didn't get on uh, because we don't all get on. We're all different people. 
I mean, well, the other, the other thing too is, it, it, you know, even if uh, even if it was a horrible experience, and I've had horrible experiences, and working with Keeper was not a horrible experience. Mm. Um, he's an, he's a, a a really hardworking, dedicated, focused, mm. uh, and knowledgeable actor, and and and, and a, you know, uh, and he, and he was playing a really hard part. So he's he's. You know he's he's focused and dedicated, he, and he only wanted the show to be good, as good as it can be, and and we all knew that. I mean, I, you know, um, yeah. but the thing about that is, you, yeah, man, you never talk about <laughs> what people you work with in a negative yeah. light. You just, you know, you just yeah. don't. Uh, uh, that's the that's the second thing. The first thing is, um, I, I had a you know I had a great time working with Kiefer. I learned a lot from him actually because I've never done action uh, mm. stuff before. You know that kind of uh, show, and, and and I mean, arguably, with the exception of a show like maybe Peaky Blinders, which is one of my favorite shows ever, mm. there's just nothing that, that level of intensity. You know, it's hard to match that level of intensity that we that we had on that show. So when you can stand toe to toe with somebody and and uh, and create that kind of uh, energy and and uh, and you know and I have seen our work together and I saw the chemistry that we had working together. Uh, it was respect. I mean, we had respect for each other. And so, mm. uh, you know, I had a great time. Do you know what? I yeah. was, um, I've in introduced my wife to 24 and she said to me the, <laughs> when, when we was watching it the other night, she went, is he always like this? Um, you know, point, pointing to Jack. <laughs> <What's> and, <that? laughs> and I went, what do you what do you mean? Is he always like 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 this? And she went, he's he's always yelling and running. I went, yeah, that's Jack. <laughs> you know, he never he never has yeah. a relaxing time. You know, he's got a lot to deal with. Uh, but it's really refreshing because you know the impression that I got of him is, you know, I've I've met him after his concerts and when he's been all day as a convention then he's come on the tour bus done a show and then he must have been so tired but yet he's, he's, mm -hmm. he takes time for the fans he smiles you know he's, he's not horrible so it's quite refreshing to hear yeah. um, so we've got another question from Katie Lester my the friend of the show, Katie Lester um, oh she's Katie asked, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes yeah. Good, uh, Katie. good old Good old Katie. Uh, she says, can you ask James what it was like to work with people like Johnny Lee Miller and um, Meghan Markle? Because she was in oh, Eli oh, Stone, I, you know, was I it? Saw that. I saw that on e Eli Stone. I did an episode yeah. of and uh, and also Suits. Uh, yes. Um, and I, In fact, I, I just spoke with... Uh, Gabriel, uh, my my old friend Gabriel that I worked with before on, on another thing too, we just spoke the other day as a matter of fact. But you know I don't remember working with. Uh, I'm sorry to say this, I don't remember working with either of them because I I don't know if I did or if it was just in passing yeah. or, you know, uh, I, I I remember that she was on the show and I remember uh, that, that was, of course it was Johnny's show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think my storyline didn't uh, intersect with their characters or something but uh you know lovely actors both of them and uh she's certainly in the spotlight now she is um i'm watching uh, tonight at nine o'clock in the uk is her interview um which oh it hasn't is, aired um, there yet no no so i don't know what's what's been said 
And um, well, I, well I, I didn't see it, but but oh God, I can't wait to hear the reaction to it. <laughs> <from> you guys. <laughs> to be fair, though, my 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 view is, I you know what, I just feel sorry for her. I really do, partly because you know joining the mon the monarchy is not going to be easy. I mean, you look at Diana and what she went through, mm. and I think that Harry yeah. is just Harry. I I I think is doing a sterling job. You know, he's, he's standing by the woman he loves and he's looking after her. Mm. And he doesn't want the mm -hmm. same thing that's happened to Diana to happen to her. And, no, you know, it was, to his be it was his mum. Yeah. Yeah, to be shunned out of, you know, the fam family and seen as the black sheep of the family. I just think that, um, you know, Harry's doing the right, the right thing. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the interview. Um, from the trailers, it's very Hollywoodized. Uh, the trailers were, you know, that it left you on the the edge of your seat. Um, but yeah, we'll wait. What, um, what it's the twenty the twenty four of of uh, interviews, Oprah interviews. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Do you know what? They could have had that clock at the end, and it would have been complete. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your music, James, because I've got to say, your music and your voice is absolutely wonderful. L literally, listening to your your album to work, I wanted to drive well, past work. I wanted to drive past work and go on a road trip. That's what it makes me feel wow. like. But obviously not a road trip in the UK, but a road trip in the US. I can imagine myself going down one of those long roads down, you know, Nevada, you know, just looking at the scenery and it's just so relaxing. And um, it's very, um, it, it, you know, you, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of songs are quite bland, and you know, you just listen to them, and they go in one ear and out the other, and then you get the music that paints that picture in in your head. Your music does that, which I think is awesome. How did you actually oh, wow, get that's into? Nice. Thank you. How how did you get into mu music? Was it something you always wanted to get into, or was it something that you discovered later in your career in your life? Um. Well, I discovered it, 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 you know, when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan, I discovered that, like most people in my generation, right. you know, I discovered that uh, that, that was uh, something that was always going to be in my head for the rest of my life. I mean, that's what I, looking back on it, I want that, 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 that planted that seed for, for mm -hmm. good or ill that I had to do something like that. And I, I think that sort of fed into me eventually becoming uh, an, an actor and distracting me from the music for, for quite a while, actually. But when I was in high school, I, I wrote songs and played guitar like most kids, you know, did back then. And were you um, in bands, bands back then? Was it, was, is there any pictures no. floating about of you in bands? No, no, but I, I did play, uh, uh, you know, uh, and write some soldiers like I do now, you know, just me and the guitar, some uh, lyric driven, you know, bookie mm -hmm. sort of, because uh, I was influenced by Bob Dylan and, you know, of course, the Beatles and, mm -hmm. and, the, and, and, and the, the other side of it, and you can hear this in my music, uh, is, is the influence that uh, the country rock uh, artists had, like uh, Buffalo Springfield and, and the Birds and, and, uh, mm -hmm. You know, the Flying Burrito Brothers, Graham Parsons, and those guys. Uh, at, but but also influenced uh, growing up by country music. Uh, you know, Johnny mm. Cash and and uh, and you know you can hear that you can hear that t influence too. But so uh, I wasn't. But I wasn't in a rock and roll band. 
<laughs> There's no embarrassing pictures floating about. Um, so, what's your plans? There is, oh, there is one actually. I'll, I'll, is I'll, I'll share it with you sometime. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, is there any plans? You know, obviously with the lockdown happening and and is all like having a bit a bit more time. Have you been working on music since the lockdown? Have you been tinkling on the uh, the strings? No, uh, no, no, not much tinkling uh, uh, these days. I've actually been, uh, I, you know, I, I wrote a, a, a one-man play that that was just starting to 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 gain momentum in terms of development when we were shut down uh, in the, in the six months prior to the shutdown, and, and um, a couple of opportunities, like everyone, uh, you know, went by the wayside. That I hope you know come back. But I've, I've been working on that a lot, and I've been working on some Shakespeare. I've been doing some stuff, so I've been I've been busy, but uh, writing some other stuff, but not much music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for me to to, uh, and I say this, but when I was on Twenty Four, I wrote a lot of songs, and and uh, uh, I was working on the show, and and would come home and just play and write and play and write. So I don't know if I if I have just uh, lost the ability to to. Uh, uh, multitask or if it's just uh, you know there's a fallow period in terms of my music but i know it'll come back if i have something to say you know mm. would you ever consider touring uh with your music like doing an evening with you know over in the uk or oh i'd love to do that i did it in germany actually when i was there doing a, awesome. I was at a, a, a convention yeah i, I uh uh i did a show one night for i don't know how many people were there it seemed like you know sixty people in a little bar uh, with a stage set up. It was it was uh, arranged by my friend Anya, and uh, she's a fan of the music and just put that together. It was really nice. So uh, yeah, That's I would awesome. love to do that. Uh, I've done it here in Ohio. I played L.A. You know, different different little venues. Yeah, uh, coffee house stuff. You know. Well, hopefully so. with the conventions. Um you know, coming about now because obviously conventions in no, no, November are being announced and they're saying that they're going ahead. Again, it's quite early doors on on how that's going to work in the UK, uh, but it would be great mm-hmm. to, to to get you over at some point. Um, and, you know, it would be uh, cool if uh, if the next time Kiefer goes out, if uh, if I, you know, open for him. That would be <gasps> pretty cool to have That'd be Bill awesome. Buchanan open for, for Jack Bauer one night. That would be awesome. <laughs> Honest to God. It would be, just awesome. be the weirdest ex- a- That would be the weirdest experience. Yeah, so if really you're watching Kiefer, I'm just pitching that idea, man. Do you know what? I'm trying to get to- Kiefer on the show. I really am. I've literally um tried I'm 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 on the verge of, of becoming a stalker, but I'm trying to dial that back a bit. Um so uh, Yeah, yeah, you want to do that, I think. This is a <laughs> Yeah. You've got a chance yeah. to do that. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but I, di- but I'm, I understand. I'm I understand. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'll leave him to it. Um, I mean, he's obviously a very busy man. Um, but no, it would be nice, nice to have him on the show as well because I'm trying to get a collection of 24 guests. So fingers crossed. I've had a yes from Carlos uh, Bernard uh, on com- okay. coming on the, on on the show. I'm trying to get Mary on the show as well. Good old damn it, Chloe. Um, but um, oh, yeah. who knows? That'd be, that'd be really fun, yeah. Who 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 knows? And obviously, I've had. I'll put Sandra in a good Berkeley. word for you, mate. Oh, that would be awesome. 
That would be absolutely awesome. Sure. But you know what? Before we finish the interview, I've got to we've got to talk about showing up, which is the poster behind you, because auditions for me has always been a you know one of those experiences that is either great or it's it's absolutely bad and you walk away literally wanting to pack the industry in uh, if you could talk about what showing up is um and what it's about showing up is a film uh, that we call a conversation about the audition and in it we interview uh, about 60 of our finest actors, um, some dearly departed now, uh, but uh, we talk about uh, what the audition process means to them, how they go about preparing for it, what they feel like when they're in the room. Uh, so, so basically what we come away with is that uh, if, if you're an actor, you come away with, wow, these people feel the same way I do about this thing, or if you're not an actor, you go, oh, I had no idea. That's what these people go through to get work. But th- but you also come away with, I think, that that uh, no matter what you do for a living, everyone auditions. Mm. So, for instance, you're auditioning for me right now. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, we'll see if you get the job. Get the job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So that's basically what it is. It's using it's using uh, the the audition as an allegory, I think, for showing up for your life, basically, and and mm. how you have to keep coming back and doing that time after time, regardless of the result. Mm. You know, sometimes even in spite of the result, you just have to. It, it strengthens your resolve, or it makes you go away and get out of it forever. You know, like, as you said earlier. Mm. And where's, and where's showing yeah. up ava- ava- available? Is it available via on DVD, um, streaming? Do you know? You can uh, you can go to the website showingupmovie.com and uh, order the DVD there. We, we've uh, we've supplied uh, God, I don't know how many hundreds of schools with uh, the teachers' edition, and so they can they can show it to their, their acting students and their, their theater students or film students. Um, and I, I recommend it for for uh, uh, not just actors, but everyone in the in the, you know in the business. I mean, you know, people don't know what an audition even is. You know, mm-hmm. I spoke to a lot of people, uh, uh, crew people, and and people behind the scenes where they just go, you know, I I mean, I know people go into a room, and the door <laughs> closes, and then they come out and they either get the job or not. You know, so we just sort of dissected it a little bit in terms of. Uh, but but mostly in, in we framed it around people's feelings about it, you know. Mm. How they personalize this thing that that uh, that really is the the way that, and it's a strange animal. It's not it's not really acting, but it but it's sort of like acting like you never do again, you know. Mm. Mm. I mean, some people like the audition process, and some people hate it. I mean, do you like auditioning for 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 parts, or do you hate the process? I I don't like it. No, I never have, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm you know that we decided to make the film. I I, I wanted to. Uh, well, it started as an idea of, of just examining this, the, the the horrific uh, experiences that actors have had in these in this in this in the audition process and. And it became something quite different when we started interviewing people and they revealed their 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 true, deep, uh, 
and real feelings about this process. Mm-hmm. We looked at what we had with, with actors like Steven Spinella and, and B.D. Wong and, and Jack O'Brien, the, the, the director, uh, an old dear friend of mine, and, and, we, and, and, and they started to reveal the, the deepest, darkest feelings they have about what it means to be an artist in this world and, and, and to reveal parts of yourself. And then, and that's how the, actually the narrative uh, through line changed for us, you know? I mean, do you uh, so think we let them with... tell us basically, Yeah, we let them tell us the story that we needed to tell and the way we needed to tell it, which I think uh, it was a good choice. I mean, do you think going forward, um, the audition process is going to change completely because, you know, throughout the pandemic, you know, every actor I've spoken to has been been saying that they've been doing the video auditions, you know, the cell sure. tapes, and they actually prefer that because they can record that as many times as they want and send basically the best version of that audition. So it's not that one chance where you stand in front of whoever and you, you know, mm-hmm. give them your monologue or you give them the piece that they want, you know, do you think that's going to change going forward? Um, you know, that's that's an interesting discussion because it, you know what the, the medium may change, mm. but the basic principle of what you're doing and the and the the connection to the material and the accuracy that you have to have when approaching the the material you're given that's not mm. going to change, and the, the connection that you you know you make with the person that you're talking to in in this uh, environment that we're in right now yeah. um, is not going to change. If you're, if we're in the same room, we're going to have the same connection we do here. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you either have one or you don't, right? Yeah, yeah. So saying none of that, that though, none of that changes. Yeah, saying what? that though, you know, when these conventions start, it's going to be weird for me because I've been chatting to everyone over, you know, the internet you know, across the mm-hmm. pond. It's going to be weird, you know, chatting to people face, face, face to face and, and, and having that connection that, 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 that way. But, uh, I just, just yeah. hope that you're right in, in, you know, the way of like the connection thing is going to be sort of the same, uh, because that's the, the part that's worrying me to be fair. It's going to be a weird well, you experience. Know that, that brings me back. We're going to make a complete circle now as we sort of wind this down because we talked earlier on about the, the the intimacy, the level of intimacy that you have when you take your mask off and suddenly you're doing a scene with somebody. But that's what it's all about anyway, isn't it? We have to mm-hmm. remove the mask, reveal not, you know, take take the persona off, reveal our soul in that time that you have together, uh, whether it's between action and cut or between us right now, mm-hmm. and, or, or, or any conversation, any, any connection. And I think that the, that, that, Part of that is that, that that this whole pandemic and lockdown and and uh, stuff has has revealed you know the things that we took for granted before it happened. So now we're going to go back when it's over and be a little, I think, more mindful and and uh, and more aware and and conscious and and connected to to making the connection. Wonderful words and completely agree. Um, how can fans follow you? James on social media because your social media is awesome. I mean, you're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, is it? You know, mm-hmm. I haven't looked. Do mm-hmm. you know what your Twitter handle is? My my Twitter handle is James P Morrison. I think that is wonderful. <laughs> I guess I, I should, should know, you know that. But I... do you know? Do you, do you know what? I should have checked that as well beforehand. Um, 
So I it's will James, be... It's at, at James P. Morrison. Wonderful. So we'll get that on and, the uh, site as well. And the Instagram, I think, is uh, J. Page Morrison. P-A-I-G-E. Wonderful. Because James... there's, so many, there's so many of us. So yeah, there James is, Morrison. and James and James Morrison is a, uh, a quite a famous singer over in the UK, so it's quite yeah, difficult yeah, to, uh, yeah. Um, so it's quite, obviously James Page Morrison is 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 that what your music is under? It is, isn't it? I think it is. James yeah, actually, Page yeah. Morrison and on Sun, Spotify. Boy, that was the name of my band. Yeah, Son to the awesome. Boy. Awesome. Yeah. I recommend that to anyone if they want to sit back and escape for a while and just get away from everything that's going on at the mo- mo- moment and escape uh, with the great lyrics oh, and great, thanks, great, great music. Uh, James, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much. Look after yourself. Um, keep safe. And thanks, hopefully um, in the very soon future, uh, we'll have an evening with James Morrison um, with your music. That would be awesome. Oh, live. Yeah, that'd be great if we were in the same room. Um, Thanks, Brian. Pleasure talking to you, man. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world, it means hope.